going to take, I think, all of my willpower not to bet Arkansas <laughs> against A&M after seeing the A&M offense last week. Hello and welcome to Always College Football. Today is Thursday, September 22nd. We appreciate you being with us from wherever it is you're coming from, whether that's on the ESPN YouTube page or if it's on podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we really appreciate you. Please like, rate, and subscribe. It helps us out. It helps us show out. He's Mark Kubiak. I'm Greg McElroy. We're here with you every day, as long as we're healthy, <laughs> for Always College Football. We really look forward to today's show. We have Chris the Bear Felica joining us, so we won't waste any time. Let's get into some of these lines and some of these matchups. Let's talk about it. Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. The road will always demand confidence, the confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough conditions. And just like the players and the fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear, more driven. Lions, Tigers, and tailgates, oh my. The college football season is always a great time of year. Besides the jerseys, the face paint, and the foam fingers, there's the food. And nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckert smoked sausage. They're naturally hardwood smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. From buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, Eckert smoked sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to all your tailgate meals. Visit Eckridge.one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckridge, you do you. All right, welcome him back. He's Chris the Bear Feliki. He joins us every single Thursday here on Always College Football. Bear, we've been off. I'm not going to say that we've been going through it. Week one, not so great. Week two, quite good. Week three, solid. Can we keep it going here in week four? I'm hoping. I'm hoping very much that we can. How are we doing, buddy? We're we're, we're doing well. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like what a uh, what, what Lee Corso always tells me: when, when you lose, you say little, and when you win, you say less. So that's kind of my yeah, mantra exactly. so far uh, this, this <laughs> season. So we'll, uh, we'll 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 see if we can find some more uh, some more wins. I, I I can't promise any more fourteen point dogs that are going to win out right on the field, but uh, we'll, we'll see if we can find a few more winners for you. If you were telling us to uh, take the money line on some of those multi-touchdown dogs, uh, then we would have made a whole whole host yeah. of money and would have nothing but nothing but house money to play with. But uh, unfortunately, if we were just on the side but taking the points, then hey, we'll Still take what win. we can get. That's for sure. Still a win. Exactly that's right. that is one hundred percent accurate. A couple of good games on Thursday, Bear. A couple of games that I think are winnable. By the way, I, I really like. This Virginia Tech-West Virginia game, this line open to two and a half. It's at Virginia Tech. You know Blacksburg's probably going to be feeling it a little bit. Thursday night game there, usually it's a fairly good scene. West Virginia comes in licking their wounds. Feels like a tough spot for them. Kind of feels like this is their season. I, I almost feel like I have to take Virginia Tech, though, just see, looking at the line movement down from two and a half to one and a half and knowing that it's going to have the home field there on a Thursday night. Yeah, I, I more more power to you if you've got a feel on uh, on this one, because I sure as heck don't. I mean, West Virginia is a team that before the year started, I really had – it could have gone either way, and I would not have been surprised. And they, and they played pretty well against Pitt and, and probably could have won, won that game. But then Kansas went in there and beat them. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Virginia Tech's offense is – 
great by any means. I, I can't trust them to, uh, to to beat a team that, that I think is capable of scoring some points. So, yeah, I, I can't get on board with you on that one. That's going to be a, a, a sit back and enjoy and watch the game. I love it. Well, the other one, if you don't like that one, I, I look at Coastal Carolina and Georgia State two really good group of five teams that I think everyone knows are, are very good at this point. Coastal, I think, is still kind of riding high from what they did a couple years ago during the COVID year. I'm not sure they've been anywhere near as good, though, in, in some ways the last couple of years and still are kind of getting a little bit of a beneficial boost. This line opened at one and a half. It's up to two and a half. I love Georgia State in this game. Am I crazy at home to think I can get two and a half, buy it up to three and maybe feel comfortable there? No, that would be the side that I would play. And I can remember a couple of years ago, I actually liked Georgia State uh, in a game against Coastal. And I think Coastal just scored again. I think they beat them by like 40 points or so. And it was an absolute blowout. <laughs> so there is, there is a little bit of a revenge situation uh, going back to the COVID year. But but I think you're right. Um, I think if you look at Coastal Carolina, I think it's it, they are more of the name cachet team because people are aware of Grayson McCall and people are aware of the color of the turf and 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 how good they were surprising some teams uh, in 2020. But at the same time, I think if you look at uh, who Georgia State has played and playing Carolina tough and and, and the way Charlie has built that program, uh, I, I, this one I can get on board with you. This one I can get on board and uh, and take Georgia State plus the points. All right, I love it. Good stuff there on the Thursday night slate. Let's take a peek at some of the Friday night action. Triple header, Boise State, UTEP. I don't like anything Ooh. there. Uh, I don't like that game at all. <laughs> I feel like it's a bit rich, 15 points for UTEP at home, but I don't know. I'm not touching it. I would not recommend playing that one. If you do, God bless you. Uh, Virginia Syracuse is one that I kind of like. I lean towards the under bear. It's 55 and a half was where it opened. It's down to 53. I think it's moved maybe just a little bit too much. For me, Virginia's offense hasn't gotten going yet. I, no. and, and Syracuse, to me, seems to always play to the level of the competition. Okay, with the exception of, of Louisville, where they just blew them out of the water. But I feel like they're always kind of right there, and it's going to be a close game as they get down to the wire. So I don't have a feel on the side here. I lean Syracuse, but nine points feels like a little too many. And I also think that 53 seems a little on the high side. What, what do you think there? Under would be would be the way I would look here as well. I don't know if I feel good about laying double digits with Syracuse off of that uh, game that they kind of stole from Purdue last week. I mean, I'm, right. uh, I was on Syracuse, and I certainly feel like I got one there that I didn't deserve. Uh, so I'm sure down the road that'll that'll more than even out. But uh, <laughs> a, well, let's just call it the Robert and I ball. Really, I mean, you look at what Robert and I has done with Garrett Schrader and that Syracuse offense. Compare it. Uh, to how Virginia has just fallen on hard dimes. And Brennan Armstrong looks nothing like the player uh, that he has in the last couple of years. So so I'm with you. I think that Syracuse defense will good, do a good job of uh, slowing down the uh, the Virginia offense. And you're probably looking at a situation where Syracuse is going to have to get uh, well into the 30s to put that game over. And I don't know if, the, I don't know if they're capable of doing that. But I would, yeah, I, I'd lean towards the under here, but I don't know if I can lay 10. I, I will say this. I mean, and Syracuse has not been – uh, a double-digit favorite very often. Um, right. If you go back since 2000, they've only been a, a double-digit favorite 30 times. Uh, they have really? won every wow. one of those games, yeah. So uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe Syracuse money line along with the under might be the way to go. Yeah, I, I can't get on board with laying the points. I, 
if if Syracuse was a predictable outfit, then they, then I would be more than willing to lay them and feel good about it. But they're not, so that's kind of that's why they're Syracuse. We love them, uh, but I don't know for whatever reason, I'm just having a difficult time getting on board with that team. I, I like them, I just don't know if they're ever going to be one that just runs away from you and, and dominates you at this point. Uh, Air Force, your Air Force Falcons blew it last week. Um, Mom, I said I liked Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, but you had Air Force on the team total over. Uh, no, uh, didn't you have them on the no. season win total over? No, no, I didn't play Air Force. Uh, a lot of a lot of people did. I mean, I, I mean, I, I didn't, that was not a bet that I made, but that's okay. Neither, neither well, here nor there. It doesn't really matter. They're also exactly. a huge they lost, favorite. They lost outright. It's <laughs> a big favorite. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. They lost outright badly. I'm, I'm no need to spend any time on this game. They don't handle Nevada. Sky's falling there uh, in Colorado uh, Springs. Let's go to some of the Saturday slate, Bear. A couple of very intriguing games. As far as the most bet game on the Saturday slate, and I found this interesting, Maryland and Michigan is the most tickets accounted for. Now, granted, it's early in the week here when we're taping this interview. 8,700 tickets already on Maryland and Michigan, 90% of those tickets are on Michigan. Now, that to me is a no-holds-bar stay away. Uh, you can't – well, mean, need what, I can't bet Michigan, all right? Right. I it's also Maryland don't really – yeah, I, I also don't really trust Maryland, but 16.5 feels like an awfully big number. I'd feel better if it was in College Park, but the fact that it's there in the big house gives me some apprehension because – Neither team. I think Maryland's more battle-tested than Michigan because I think SMU's a really good football team, but it's not like they're really prepared them with what they're going to see on defense this week from the Michigan Wolverines. 17 feels like a lot, Bear, so I'd take the points, but uh, I don't know where you stand on this one. I, I, would, I would lean towards taking the points uh, in this game, too. I mean, Mar- Maryland did everything on the stat sheet last week except win the game, and um or I, 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 I should say, hey, that back. SMU kind of did everything on the stat sheet last week except win the game. But Maryland did get the win, and, and they go to um, they go to Ann Arbor. And, and, and you, you mentioned that, that what Michigan has done. Sure, it's been super impressive, but they there's a chance they may have played the three worst teams in the country in the first three weeks with, with right. Colorado <laughs> State, with Colorado State, UConn, and Hawaii. Like those are just brutal teams. Now it's worked out for them because they've been trying to work into their offense with it with with the quarterback transition and breaking some new players on defense. But but Maryland, if nothing else, Maryland has skill players who can get big chunk plays. They have athleticism on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they may not, they may give up some points and yards like they did uh, last week to SMU. But uh, yeah, I would lean, if I were playing this game, I would look at the over and I would look at Maryland. Uh, getting the points here as well because uh, we, we have seen Maryland from time to time play play Ohio State tough um, and, and then play other high powered teams uh, closer than you would think. Now they absolutely laid an egg. Uh, what was it last year on the Friday night game against Iowa when they got absolutely just stumped? <laughs> but um, yeah. but but that was a that was, I think a that was against Illinois. Hey, that was against Illinois. Yeah. Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that game vividly. You and I were probably texting during that game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be, uh, I'd be on Maryland in the over year. 
Yeah, I, the, over 65 and a half, that's a big number, but I, I can kind of see that. I'd stay away from the total, but I do like taking the points. Uh, Clemson-Wake Forest. This game to me, everyone I think is going to rally around Wake Forest. Everyone's going to look at Wake Forest and say they're different this year. They're different this year. Well, if Are you they? look back at their track record, I know, against Clemson, teams with great defensive lines bear – they have given this Wake Forest offense all sorts of issues. They struggled against Clemson last year. They struggled against Pitt last year. I mean, and you really go back over the course of time. If you have a great D-line that can overpower this offense and this offensive line, you're going to beat Wake Forest up. I think seven points right now is far too few. I would lay them, even though it's on the road with Clemson, even though I don't like Clemson's quarterback play. I don't like Clemson's offense. I still like them a lot better then I like the matchup between Wake Forest's offensive line against Clemson's defensive line. So I'd lay the points on the road. I hate the road favorite, but in this particular case, I like him because I think Wake is a trendy, darling underdog story that people are going to gravitate towards. Yeah, yeah, this this is a pass game for me. Uh, I look at Clemson, and I really don't know what we have here because if you look at their offensive numbers, they've been really bad in the first half. And I know people are, well, we have a lot of potential and look at all the points they've scored. But most of those points have been in the fourth quarter or, or the third quarter or a beneficiary of your short field. Like in the first quarter, in the first half rather this year, they scored three touchdowns. And one of those came on what a, like a five-yard drive after a block punt. I mean, DJ Longway's right. QBR in the first half was like 32 like, I don't I, – their offensive metrics in the first half are terrible. Now, the question is going to be, are they going to ever face a team that can capitalize and take advantage of that? You hit on how the, the, the Clemson defensive line has really handled that Wake Forest mesh-type offense uh, pretty well, and it's kind of the kryptonite for it, being able to get pressure with, with, with four and be able to take care of that. So, yeah, I – I don't know. If I had to play the game, I guess I'd lay the points. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I'd look at a and, and see what uh, a Wake Forest team total might be and maybe go under there. Um, yeah, I, I, but, but, but moving forward, I, I'd still be a little skeptical on, on Clemson. I think once they face a team that might be able to – might have a little bit closer of a, uh, a roster assemblance of – Four, maybe four, not maybe five stars, but four stars, three stars, uh, a better defensive team, that might be where Clemson can get into some trouble. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. I, I, Like I said, I don't ever like taking the road favorite, ever, especially not against a well-coached team. And I think Wake Forest is well-coached, but yes. in this particular case, I've called that game last year. It's just men amongst boys in the trenches. And that was when Clemson wasn't even at a close to 100%. And they just ran it right down Wake Forest's throat, too, I might add, when their offense was on the field. So we'll see. Their, maybe offensive, this is the been, their offensive line hasn't been that good so far this year either. I mean, that, that no. I mean we, we, we've been criticizing the quarterback quite a bit, and sure he deserves a, a great deal of that criticism. But at the same time, the offensive line has not been up to par for what we saw from those uh, national title-type teams that Clemson had uh, five years ago or so. No, one thing about Clemson, though, they do have a tendency to get better as the season goes along. So the fact that Wake's catching them early, I think they might have the best opportunity to knock off Clemson because mm-hmm. they usually they catch them late October when that game kind of falls on the schedule. This year it's fairly early, so maybe they'll be better equipped to handle what Clemson throws at them. Let's go to a game that I really like this weekend. USC on the road at Oregon State. Speaking of home dogs, this one I love. 
I love Oregon State. I love their mentality. I love how they run the football. I love how they can create play action with Chase with uh, Chase Nolan and how they're going to Chase Nolan and just fight over the top, find one-on-ones over the top, win one-on-ones. And defensively, they play extremely hard. That's a difficult place to play. I've seen really good SC teams go up there and lay an egg. The best example of that, I think, was in 2008 when Mark Sanchez and company went up there and got smoked there in Corvallis on a Thursday night. That was one of the best teams in the country, and that kept them out of the national championship discussion. So I love Oregon State in this spot. Getting seven, I love it even more. If that line drops below seven, I'll feel a little bit worse about it. But at seven points, Bear, I really like the Oregon State Beavers. Well, I mean, since since 2019, no coach has more outright wins as an underdog than Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. So I I certainly see where you're going here. And And I do think this will be a very difficult game uh, for USC, obviously, Oregon State being down their All-American type tight end uh, is a big deal. But I think their scheme will be able to co- somewhat compensate for that. They'll be able to bring uh, someone in to, to kind of fill those shoes a little bit. But I think I think this is a very, very tricky game for USC. Um, laying the points here, coming in with all the hype after another big win uh, over Fresno State. It's not an easy place to play. And, and Oregon is another Pac-12 team laying around six and a half, seven points on the road at Washington State this week. That you got two teams in the Pac-12, I think, going on the road, two of the better teams in the Pac-12 going on the road. And I think both of them are walking into very, very difficult spots uh, in very hostile environments. So I would be looking, uh, I agree with you, Greg, I would be looking at the underdog uh, in both the Oregon State-USC game and the Washington State-Oregon game. Yeah, the Washington State-Oregon game, I'd love to get your take on that. I think there's going to be a very strong overreaction to Oregon's performance last week. Um, Not that you can't create a a great energy on the field in a home environment, but man, Autzen Stadium, it's easy to go out there and execute and play well, and everyone's Mm -hmm. going to be all over when you get the start that you do and your quarterback's playing his tail off. I, I just think it's going to be much, much different sledding this week I like Washington State getting the points as well. I mean, I I think Cam Ward is the real deal. I think everyone's going to be very familiar with who he is by weekend's end, even though I know he already beat Wisconsin. No one's really talking about that. I feel like everyone talked about how Wisconsin, oh, Wisconsin's this, Wisconsin's that, Graham Mertz, can't score. Also, there's <laughs> more of the takeaways centered around Wisconsin as opposed to Washington State. So I like both those. Like you said, in the Pacific Northwest, I'm riding high on Washington State and on Oregon State this week. I can certainly get on board. Let's go to America's team, Kansas. Uh, They bring in... By the way, why are you not there for game day? I don't make those decisions, Greg. I I think anybody (laughs) who follows my Twitter timeline will understand and know and appreciate uh, where I wanted to go this week, and that was Duke at Kansas. Um, I think I made that (laughs) loud and clear, but unfortunately, all I do is get asked for a a suggestion, a recommendation as to where the show should go. Look, I haven't been shy about it. I've said for a long, long time, uh, the best shows, the favorite places for me to go are places that we've never been or haven't been in a long time. And Kansas, I mean, I I think the show missed an opportunity to go to uh, a pair of 3-0 teams that you may not get uh, an opportunity to go to this spot or do something kind of funny, like they're funny or, historic if you want to say like this in, in a, uh, a long time but yeah i was a little surprised at the 
the site selection choice myself because I think you could have made a uh, if you weren't going to go to Duke Kansas. I think you easily could have made an argument for um, for uh, USC or Oregon State as well. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll be in Knoxville and we'll ha- we'll have a great show and and uh, th- that's my uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it as they say. We'll be rocking in Knoxville. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. We'll get to that game. Yeah, we, have, we, haven't, we haven't been we haven't been there in a while, so they'll they'll be they'll be excited about the show. Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be rocking. Kansas seven and a half point favorite. I, I lean towards laying them here, Bear. I I I know that that Duke is good. I think Riley Leonard and that team will get their points. Uh, I would lean towards the over in this game as well. Sixty eight and a half is the number. Um, but when you look at, I'm just lean. I don't love it. I just lean towards the over. So I think this game could become a bit of a track meet. But I don't know if Duke's going to be able to keep up with Jalen Daniels and this Kansas offense with how they spread the field and how they can create for themselves offensively. Yeah, I would lean towards laying the points with, with Kansas as well, in the spot, especially since it's it's come down a little bit uh, in, into more of a, a playable type range. I think it's gone from, what, around nine, nine and a half down to around eight and a half or so, or eight even to get some spots. So uh, at the, a little bit of a reduced number, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I know – more about Kansas. Like, if you want to question both of these teams, three you know starts, I think you can. But I think if you kind of read between the lines and, and look at the teams and the, and the roster makeup and kind of like, okay, take an assessment. Kansas is more real than Duke. Like, like Kansas really? beat Texas exactly. last year. They were in some games. Uh, I think the wins that Kansas has this year have been more more impressive and they've been more real. Uh, I know. Look, I know Duke beat Northwestern, but Northwestern's probably uh, a bottom what two team in the Big Ten. But uh, I, I, I trust Kansas and believe Kansas is on the upward swing. Where I think Duke is probably going to have a little bit more of a harsh reality once they start playing some better teams. Yeah, I, I think th- that's a credit due to Mike Elko and company. But totally, uh, I'm not. I'm not sold right now. I think the only way that this game stays close is if Kansas, you know slips up or they you know mm-hmm. are reading their press clippings this week and i just don't get the sense that that's the culture that's being created by lance leipold and the staff uh, i just don't see that being a realistic possibility let's go to some bigger games this weekend the one that you guys will be at florida tennessee uh, tennessee a 10 and a half point favor that's a big number they're in a rivalry game that's been florida's game to lose really i mean tennessee yeah. has not played well against the gators in a while 16 17 i look at I, wow 16 17 i look at where these teams are at currently, and I understand why the number's at where it's at. Man, I just given the track record, I have a difficult time being willing to lay that many points. I don't know, Bear. Do you feel different about this game? Had I not watched the Florida South Florida game last week, it was I bad. might feel different. If I feel different, but having watched that game in the truck while we we were waiting for. Uh, or in breaks of the Miami A&M game, Florida's offense looked like, I mean, Anthony Richardson uh, for the second straight game really struggled. And if he's going to turn the ball over on the road in front of a hundred and whatever thousand people at, uh, at Neyland stadium, uh, it's going to be a hard time. I, I know Florida is saying uh, the, the spin down there with, with fans and some other, Oh, it's not on him. They've been, uh, other players haven't been executing. They're not running plays for him. The play calling's been bad, but it, 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 maybe that's the case. But he had an unbelievable game against Utah in the opener and, and, and pulled the ups, helped the Gators pull the upset. 
But the last couple of weeks, I, I think, is probably closer to what you're going to see throughout the year. He's going to have bad games. He's going to, he's going to have good games. But I kind of like Tennessee in this spot. I, I just think you, you know Tennessee's offense is going to put up points. And yeah. I have questions as to if the Florida offense is going to be able to match Tennessee point for point. So uh, I, I would lay the points here in this game. I like that. I can get on board with that. Uh, when you look at some of these other big games, here's one that jumped out to me, Bear. Iowa State, a two and a half to three, depending on what where you're getting it, point favorite over Baylor. I mean, this kind of is a, the alarm bells and everything's going off. I, <laughs> I have to bet it's an automatic play. Iowa right. State's an auto play to me, unranked team, welcoming in a ranked Baylor team who's got impressive performances on their resume already. Iowa State's a rebuild. Like, hey, they're not doing anything this year, and yet they're favored here in the early slate at 11 a.m. They're locally. I, I have to take the clones. Yeah, I, I would take Iowa State here as well. Uh, obviously, be a little bit careful because we've seen uh, Matt Campbell. Uh, they, under Matt Campbell, they've been involved in 17 games where the spread has been within plus three and a half and minus three and a half. And they're five and twelve in those games. So these these coin flip type games continue to go against Matt Campbell and the Cyclones. Maybe the win a couple of weeks ago in, in, in the Cyhawk game will kind of reverse that trend and give Campbell and the Clones some more confidence moving forward. But I, we talked about this before the year uh, about Iowa State, how it might have been a good thing uh, this year. No expectations. You lose Purdy. You know, Lewis Hall, you know, lose some of the other defenders that they had. So few expectations coming in this year. And you still had a, a running back in Brock who you knew could make plays. Deckers was a very, I don't want to say hyped, but there were some expectations for him uh, coming in to be able to play. McDonald still on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, your, four, your Big 12 losses last year were all by one score. You outgained Baylor by 200 yards last year and gave that game away in Waco. I'd be on Iowa State here, maybe not just because of the, uh, the the fact you've got the unranked team favored over the ranked team, but I think it might be an opportunity for Iowa to uh, Iowa State rather to string together a couple of wins, uh, maybe not in a row, but uh, if they get a win over Iowa and then two weeks later come back and you beat a team that won the Big Twelve last year, that that, that will serve notice to the Big Twelve that, that Iowa State's not just like this flash in the pan, cute story and. This fell flat on the face last year with expectations are going to go away. Yeah, I, I think a team with that, like Iowa State without expectations is dangerous, and they sure. are certainly in that spot right now. Uh, speaking about team without expectations that you and I both loved in the preseason, North Carolina, uh, now it hasn't been pretty, uh, but 3-0 and is 3-0 and going against a 1-2 and Notre Dame. Uh, North Carolina is a slight two-point favorite. Uh, we know that if game, there's, oh, if there's a recipe game. for a get right offensively, it's play North Carolina's defense. Uh, so what do you think wins out North Carolina's offense or Notre Dame's offense? And what should be uh, a very interesting matchup here? I hate this game. And when the, when the, when I saw the line open up at Notre Dame minus one, I was like, All right, you know, and there's no way that's going to last. Everyone's going to come in on Carolina. <laughs> So like immediately that's a that's a right flag. It's immediately I was at Carolina. Carolina it seems like it should be the right side, and they're a dog, right. and they're going to get back to a favorite. And the best unit on the field is the North Carolina offense. 
Like, like Notre Dame escaped again last week. They, they very easily uh, could have lost that game. I don't have much faith in the uh, in the Notre Dame offense, but at the same time, how is it possible to have much faith in, faith in the North Carolina defense? So it would be a stay away from me. Right. Like, like I think no, I think North Carolina should win the game, but at the same time, uh, the way this game has been bet and how it opened with the Irish as a short word favorite, despite all of the injuries and problems that they have, would certainly be weighing heavily on my decision to bet this game. Yeah, I, I have a difficult time playing it. I would have to play North Carolina if I played it. Um, but I wouldn't feel great about it. That's for sure. I feel like North Carolina is way too public and that would make me a little anxious. Speaking of a play that's not as public, but my goodness, is there some steam? Minnesota against Michigan State. Uh, now, Michigan State got their doors blown off last week, battled back nicely, fought valiantly there in the second half of that football game to make it somewhat respectable. But I still came away from that game thinking, all right, Michigan State's got a couple flaws and Washington's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Minnesota defensively is who I think they are. I don't know for sure yet because of the competition that they've played against. Sorry, Colorado is not going to give me a clear indicator of where you're at. They were really good Uh, last year, though, too. Oh, they were excellent on defense last year, and they've been that way for a little while now. So I'm cautiously optimistic that Minnesota is who I think they are. Um, I love Minnesota in this game. Uh, I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Uh, and I have a feeling that this game, you know, is a possession or two here or there. Uh, Minnesota's got more veterans and they have a more firmly established culture with all the returnees off last year. So uh, I really like Minnesota in this spot, Bear on the Road, to get the win. Well, I, I think two things that you need to look at is number one, uh, Minnesota's offense now with that Chris Altman Bell, who's out for the year, which is a pretty big loss to their receiving core. But the way the way PJ Fleck has now kind of built that program, they, they, they He'll just take kind of it's apologies for the just the the, the pun or the, the next man up. So I, I, I would think that they should be okay. Obviously, they may not have the player the caliber of Watman Bell, but uh, he certainly won't use that as an excuse should they lose the game. And then uh, the Jaden Reed status for for Michigan State that, that injury kind of popped up. It seemed or the news at least or the fact that he didn't make the trip kind of popped up. It seemed like out of nowhere last week when I heard that I felt even better about the uh, the Washington play. But, but yeah, we, we have seen now for a couple of years as Michigan State pass defense uh, has a lot of problems. And uh, they, were, they were thin in the secondary last week. I don't know if they're going to be able to get any of those guys back this week. Uh, even without, without some of the uh, – Altman Bell, like I mentioned, I would like Minnesota in this game. Um, as I think we talked about last year, Michigan State – so many of these toss-up type games they won last week. We finally saw them lose one. So it might be a, a year of regression for Michigan State. So I think this is a spot where you get people will see the, the unranked team favored over the ranked team and not understand that, that Minnesota probably is a better team than Michigan State. I love it. Is there anything else, Bear, that we just have to be on this week that you just love and are salivating <laughs> all over? I, you know how difficult it is to play in Lubbock. And and I think <laughs> Texas Tech getting six and a half points at home against a Texas team that's still got some issues and injuries at the quarterback position. Give Texas all the credit in the world last week for uh, for coming back and, and and really showing some character in that win against UTSA. But I, but I think uh, Texas Tech now coming home 
after the loss at NC State. Didn't play great last week, but it's night and day. Texas Tech at home versus on the road. I think six and a half is too many in that game. I like I like the Red Raiders. I like Iowa laying the seven and a half against Rutgers. I know people are probably rolling their eyes. How can you lay points with Iowa? But if you look at Rutgers, this is a team, I think, in what their last 13 games against FBS opponents, they failed to score 17 points in like nine of them. So Rutgers is not going to score on the Iowa defense. Uh, so, so can Iowa beat them by more than seven and a half? I do think they can. I think the fact that they got a couple of receivers back last week will help. And getting away from home with all of the the, the, the naysayers and the, and the critics, I think, will serve them. Uh, well, the you know, the one game we, we we didn't hit on as well, which is baffling to me, is it's going to take, I think, all of my willpower not to bet Arkansas <laughs> against A and M after seeing the A and M offense last week. Well, you talk about just like like the the, the sum of the parts like just don't add up with, with, with A chain and and, and Anaya Smith. Like, how are they not scoring? I mean, even with the quarterback play that they have, like that offense is stuck in the mud. There is, you would think there's no way they should be favored over Arkansas, but yet they are. I think the world's going to be on Arkansas this week. It looks like it should be the right side, but there's no way uh, I can get there with, with Arkansas. And, and then if, you, if you're looking for kind of a, a, a weird, a couple of weird games to play, and like this is how I kind of spotted the, the Tulane game last week, consider UConn getting a ton of points against NC State. All NC State has heard about all offseason with Clemson, Clemson, Clemson. Can we beat Clemson? Can we compete for the ACC? Can we can <laughs> get to the ACC? Next week they got Clemson. And they're at, what, a 40-point favorite or so over UConn? Now, UConn is right. terrible. But are they going <laughs> to be all in playing their starters for four quarters against UConn the week before they have what they're going to have circled as their biggest game in forever? And then the other one is Kentucky. Kentucky but you're saying that you're saying that uh, that NC State might have a little of the Kansas State look ahead flu. That's what you're telling yes, me. A little, a little, a little look ahead flu. No, no jeopardy of losing because <laughs> right, obviously right. Tulane is a decent team. But I, I take a look sure. at that, and then the, and then the last one would be uh, Kentucky. I think is laying around 27 or so against Northern Illinois, a team that competed uh, pretty well with Vandy last week, uh, and they're not a terrible team. And Kentucky's got a game at Ole Miss next week. Uh, again, I don't think Kentucky can lose the game, but I don't know if I trust that Kentucky offense to win by close to 30 points. That's good observation. I think Northern Illinois is really good too, by the way. I mean, that's a rock solid group of five teams. So uh, I wouldn't have an issue beyond that side, even though I love the cats this year. I, uh, I, I can understand. I can see why you might lean in that direction. I totally get that. Four touchdowns a lot. That's a lot of points. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> No doubt. And with some of the quarterback run game that Northern Illinois use, like I think they can get there. They can put up 14, and I don't think – it'll be 35-14. That'll be the final Perfect. score of that game. 38-14. I'll down. even take 38-14. How about that? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Bear, great stuff as always, man. So appreciate the time, buddy. Good playing this week, and good luck. Same to you. Take care now. Football season is here, and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great NFL ticket prices, they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, get the 11th free. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of 10 tickets purchased. 
excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, good discussion there with Chris the Bear. Felica hit a bunch of different games this weekend. Hey, good luck playing. If you're tracking it or trying to track it, we should put out some type of graphic or something. Maybe we can do that. Say, hey, leans or strong leans or loves, whatever it may be. So you can kind of get the indicator of, of what it is we're doing as we go throughout that conversation. But either way, really good discussion there with Chris the Bear Felica. He likes a lot of things. I like a lot of things too. It's hard to pick against home dogs that are good teams. Like Washington State's good team. Oregon State, good team. And yet they're getting seven at home. I know that they're playing against good teams. I get that. Oregon's good. SC's good. But I don't know, man. Something about that home dog. I just, I'm all about it. So should be a really fun weekend. I know you guys are excited. Come back, check with us tomorrow. We'll break down the five biggest games and the five games you don't want to miss. That's always a staple here on the Friday edition of Always College Football. So we'll do that tomorrow. We'll dial that in and we'll get you prepared. We will get you prepared. It's going to be a great weekend. We've got to make up for lost time. We weren't in on Tuesday, hardly. We had Mike Norvell. That was all we had. We didn't do a show on Monday. We had a good conversation with Chase Price, but that was it. Like We're making up for lost time, but don't worry. Better late than never here on Always College Football as we try to put a bow on the week here, week four of the college football season. So thank you for being with us. We really appreciate it. Like, rate, and subscribe. Hit us up on social media at AlwaysCFB. That's on Instagram and on Twitter. You can hit us up in our email at alwayscollegefootball at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Greg McElroy, at Greg.McElroy, respectively. So Instagram, Greg.McElroy, Twitter, Greg McElroy. Check me out there. I'm going to do whatever it is. I usually post a lot of the same stuff that's on Always College Football. So you don't have to follow me if you don't want to. It's all good. <laughs> Appreciate you being with us. Thanks so much. We look forward to being back with you tomorrow. Hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, it's always college football. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.